Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we kick off the first podcast of 2022 with Tasty TVs, NFTs, and other acronyms. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to 2022 with the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. We are back after our week of, of break from... From not doing the podcast and doing other things, but but we're now doing the podcast in addition to our other things. How was your uh your holiday stuff, Kevin, and your new year? Yeah, that's part of holiday yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, we we haven't uh, done one since 2021. It's kind of a uh, kind of crazy. It feels like it's been a lot longer. We only took right a week off, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of people are still on break um I, I know my mom is still on break but other other people are back are back in the office and doing everything um my holiday season was pretty pretty good um i think we let me let me check the calendar again just to be safe we had our last podcast was on the 22nd right yeah i believe so okay so yeah okay um i guess this is something that i can talk about on the on christmas i got a lot of really cool things mostly uh amazon gift cards which is great for me because i could just buy whatever i want Mm -hmm. um but my grandma has this recipe for jello for like this layered jello Mm -hmm. that she used to make uh unfortunately she passed in 2019 so I've been responsible for making the Jello. Uh, that is like the one thing I can do. Um, <laughs> but I made it three times over the course of this holiday season, um, and I, I learned from each mistake. So it, it's a how many layers of Jello? Okay, so there's four different layers of Jello, and then there's three layers of condensed milk between each layer of Jello. So. <laughs> It it is a long process. It takes like it, it's supposed to take like half an hour a layer, but it's been like I usually do like twenty minutes, and it still turns out fine. But still, it's like a two and a half to three hour endeavor. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I made it three times over the course of this uh, this holiday season. Uh, I, I learned that. There are a couple tricks that my grandma did not tell us about that I had to figure out over the course of trial and error. Um, but my last one was pretty good. I, I think I think I nailed it. So it's uh, step number one is to not use too much Pam and then spray it on a paper towel and rub the glass rather than spray. That is that was a big one. Um, and then there was like a whole bunch of other ones better to wait longer than to like try to rush it. It's better to overweight than to to try to cut it. Another thing was like you have to use a plastic knife to cut the jello. If you use a regular silverware knife, it sticks to the side of the jello. Mm. So that that's something that I had to figure out. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of really interesting like tidbits of that. Um, 
after that we got uh what is it i used a lot of the steam gift cards that i got from my parents and from friends and stuff and got a bunch of games um i i bought i finally completed my batman series so i finally have all of them i'll probably end up going back and playing them again um probably closer city to like was when the, the best one's gonna come out city was the best so one. i played i remember playing asylum a long time ago um and then i played arkham city and then i'm and then there's arkham origins right that's the last mm-hmm. one well arkham so, origins was uh, uh it was kind of in the middle because it was it was made by wb montreal instead of rocksteady yeah so i have asylum city origins and night so I, I gotta get through those eventually. Um, I also got L.A. Noir, so cool face mm. recognition stuff. That's gonna be funny. Um, but yeah, I just got a bunch of games because the Steam Summer Sale was still going on. It went on until the fifth, which was today. today. Uh, uh, so I, I bought as much stuff as I as I wanted to and as I could, and then uh, yeah, decided to play a couple of them for fun. Um, I finalized my stream schedule. That's something that's kind of crazy. So I can I can now officially say I'm streaming every Monday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, and yeah, this Friday I'm doing a subathon in Bingo, which is something that I thought was going to be fun, and it looks like pain. So that's that's <laughs> also fun. <laughs> I, I guess I should do one for Overwatch too. But like the the Bingo board game is essentially like terrible things that happen in game you you fill up this bingo board and then every single time that a square is like filled it's like pretty normal but if you get a whole bingo it extends the timer of the subathon by mm-hmm. so so the entire point is like you're gonna run into terrible things that are gonna happen um if we are gonna do overwatch for example it's like mine's shatter gets blocked or um you know all teammates are alive and you see nine, right? Just <laughs> things oh, no. like that. Yeah. Um, you you have to like you fill up this whole board, and then it's like your Zenyatta is nowhere close to the fight, and you just mark off, okay, yeah, these things aren't happening in my game, or these things are happening in my game, and it's not good. Um, mm-hmm. but like I, I played with a couple friends already, and they're watching my gameplay, and they're like, these things shouldn't happen, but they're happening a lot more often than you want them to. Right. And I'm like, that's kind of the point. It's like to bring awareness to this shouldn't be happening, but here we are. So that's going to be very fun. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to try that with Super Auto Pets, which is my guilty pleasure right now. Um, it, it's an auto battler and it's uh, it's mm-hmm. got some emoji characters yeah, I have a bingo board for that, and hopefully on Friday we can uh, we can go through the pain that is that. Uh, how about you, Matt? How was your holiday season? I, I hope everything was good on your end. Uh, well, it, it, it's been good and bad. Like for for Christmas, we didn't do much. We kind of stayed home. Same thing for um for New Year's. Uh, I played a lot of the Xbox. Uh finished halo infinite uh which was a lot of fun i really liked it i'm terrible at the online so just avoiding that um i have realized that game pass is is a godsend it's so it's so convenient to just like be able to download 
whatever games and like not really have to like pay for each one individually. It's just like included in the price of your subscription. So I finished 12 minutes. I did, um, what was it? 12 minutes. I did uh, artful escape. I did super liminal. I did carrion. I tried, um, we happy few. And now I'm doing, uh, destroy all humans. So 12 minutes. I really enjoyed uh if you haven't i don't want to i don't want to spoil it but like i did not you played it right kevin 12 minutes no i i I watched a ton of people play it okay but do you know the story of it i i know the basics of of it i don't know the full ending okay so i I don't want to spoil it then but it's it took a very left turn that i really did not expect and like the ending is very confusing just because it's artsy it's annapurna so and they're, they're like a film studio as well so I can see where the artsiness came from. Um, Artful Escape, which again was nominated for so many things. I despised that game with a passion. It's literally the worst game I have played in my entire life. So um, it looked pretty, right, Kevin, from what you've seen of it? Yeah, it, look, it looked pretty. Okay, that's literally the only value of the game. It just okay. it looks pretty because like, for the rest of it, it's pretty much a walking simulator with kind of fun backgrounds, but they also kind of get boring and samey after a while after you've been walking through the same background for five minutes. And like part of the, like I think the big thing about Artful Escape is like you can walk forward and if you hold X, your guy, um, Francis Vendetti, will like play guitar and like his guitar will make the backgrounds like interactive and like light up but you can literally do the entire game without ever doing that and it's the same experience because like the whole thing about the thing is it's, it's a music game as well but the the stupid guitar riffs get so boring after some time it's like the same guitar riff throughout the entire game they're like they're, i think they're supposed to be somewhat different but you can't really tell it just kind of blends together in your brain um there's not much gameplay really aside from some very light platforming that you really can't fail. It's like not possible to fail. Um, and then there's like a Simon says kind of, Oh, press the button after I do it kind of thing. And even then it's impossible to fail. So it's not really a game so much as like, look at this art that we've had, but there's like no real, like, impetus to play it like your guy is supposed to be like the greatest guitar player i guess like undiscovered talent in the world like the story is that he's this like folk singer he's this folk guitarist he's like his uncle was super famous and then now he's feeling he's like just it's such a stereotypical like sad white boy story like not to not to be like not to poo poo you if you're a sad white boy but it's a sad white boy story He's like, oh, I don't know what I want to do with myself. But my uncle was so famous and I have my own concert playing coming up. Like, I'm going to play in front of all these people. But I don't know if I'm a folk guitarist. I want to be a sci-fi guitarist. It's like, dude, you're the whiniest piece of shit I've ever seen in a video game. <laughs> you're, this game is so bad. Like, the fact that so many game sites, like, recommended it makes me question critics. And I used to, I like, as, as a former film critic, like, I can't trust any of you anymore because I could, I could never in my right mind recommend this game to anybody. It's not insightful. 
it's not fun to play the music isn't good um just the, i'm ranting because i i played it through to the end just to hopefully it would get it would get better it doesn't like if you don't like it within the first two seconds of of seeing it you're gonna hate the rest of the game because it sucks it's not a game it's a vanity project um but i played super liminal which was really fun it's like it's a very trippy like how to describe it's like a puzzle game but also it like uses like different perspective to like make things bigger and smaller like it's it's very simple gameplay but like the puzzles can get very confusing sometimes and like that game was so much more insightful than the artful escape because it's like in the end it's like when you finally beat it you're like this was all kind of pre-planned and this was just to show you that like even when life gets confusing, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't seem like there's a scenario, you persevered through it and you were able to make your way to the end. So take that into your normal life. Um, Cause it's like, it's like, it's like a dreamscape kind of game. Like you're, you're in your dreams and things are going wrong and like you can move things and make things like bigger or smaller or like defy physics because you're in a dream. But like that game was so much fun. I beat it in like maybe two hours. I think you, like there's an achievement if you beat it in like 35 minutes. But that game was so much more fun and insightful than literally like the two, three hours that I wasted playing Artful Escape. So uh, I'm very glad I didn't pay to play any <laughs> Artful Escape because then that would have just made the experience so much worse. Like, I'm, I'm sorry to anybody who paid to play that game. And that is my rant. Also, besides gaming, um, I, I, I have COVID currently. I mean, I, I think I'm on the end of it. Um, but I tested positive for the Omicron, but now as I am, uh, boosted and fully vaxxed and I've, I'm coming out of Omicron, I am super immune, Kevin. <laughs> I can't get sick anymore until, well, there's this new variant from France, the IHU variant, which sounds like I hate you. So I hate COVID, but that has been my, um, technically it's been what? two weeks since we've actually talked a week since we were like there was one week where we didn't record but that's been my two weeks yeah you've just been trying to survive through that uh a Honestly, lot of sleep playing like... artful escape for me was worse than having covid <laughs> i'm being serious because like i covid i was mostly asymptomatic i had a lot of coughing and like some congestion a little bit of soreness and fatigue but honestly playing artful escape was more painful than covid that's pretty bad. On top of that, like, I I don't know where else to like mention this, so I'll mention this at the top of the broadcast because why not? Um, I I watched Japanese wrestling with one of my friends. That's Wait, what we did. What? Uh, we did that for the last two nights because it's like Wrestle Kingdom. It's like their biggest like event. Uh huh. So we watched it on Monday and Tuesday at like, it was midnight our time. Um. And, like, I thought, okay, well, like, if it's a two-day event, right, you you usually think, like, people fight one day, and they have, like, their own card on on one day, and then the other day, it's, like, you know, different people, maybe, like, a bigger show, right? Right. But, uh, no, apparently people who fought on the first day have to fight the second day, too. So, like, there was <laughs> the, the final match, like, the top card match, right, um, were, like, these two dudes, um... Okada and Takagi and they're like the best of the best and they're fighting for a shot at the world like heavyweight champion right but
that fight is literally the next night. So like these two guys are fighting for like 45 minutes and I'm just like, what is going on? Like the craziness of JP wrestling is, is insane, right? Yeah. They're a lot more physical than like what we see in, I, I would say in US wrestling, it's a lot louder. Uh, Japan does have an ordinance right now where you can't like cheer, but you can clap. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's a whole bunch of like different things that go on in like in JP wrestling where it's like way more intense. Um, but essentially this one dude fought 45 minutes, gave a 15 minute speech, then had to walk like half a mile back to the locker room, like only to fight another guy for another 45 minutes, literally the next night. And I'm like, how, how do you, how do you have energy? Like these guys are crazy. Um, but yeah, it was it was insane. Watched that for the past two days, and that was that was a lot of fun. And then uh, on top of that, I happened to uh, dig up all of my old Wii and GameCube games. So I'm I'm currently looking for a Wii. Mm. <laughs> wait, wait, dude, tell me more about the wrestling. Okay. <laughs> just okay. I'm I'm imagining just absolute sheer insanity with this. Okay, one of <laughs> one of the craziest ones. Okay, literally the first match. Okay, uh, it's a nineteen man free for all. What? Where <laughs> they they start out with four people, right? They start out with four people in there, and then every like ten, I think it's ten or fifteen seconds, they introduce a new person. Oh god! And they had like a lottery. <laughs> they they had a they had a lottery thing where like if the the better you place the further you know you go in the in the order Mm -hmm. so obviously like the people who are like at the very end had like a better shot um but like yeah 19 people trying to like throw other people out of a ring um and then top four move on to the next day so (laughs) it's just it's just insane there was like literally there's only one ref okay there's one ref and he's got to watch like eight people fight at the same time and he's like okay this person's out this other person's out that's cool um so yeah that was a it it was kind of crazy um yeah and then there was like other you know rivalry matches and stuff like that that the uh broadcasters were like the broadcasters were amazing honestly they just like paint the picture which is what you should do especially for like these events like I don't I don't mm-hmm. follow these events like crazy but uh my friend does a lot and I I'm just here to tag along and watch these guys like fight um yeah it was it was kind of crazy uh some of some of these fights uh <laughs> I don't I don't know how else to describe it like most of like the the first night was just mostly like setting up for the next night but even those fights were were insane there's one guy who like doesn't pull any of his punches or like any of his kicks. So like when he hits, like it sounds like somebody is getting slapped like super oh, hard. And like you could hear it. <laughs> um and I asked uh I asked my friend who we were watching it with and I was like, does he normally hit this hard? And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. This guy's known <laughs> for not pulling his punches. And like <laughs> I'm like, like this it sounds like it hurts, and he's like, it, it does. I mean, you can see the sweat and stuff like fly off of these guys. It's, so Japanese it's not a, wrestling isn't fake like American wrestling. It's it's scripted. It's 
kind of scripted, but like they don't pull any other punches. There's not a lot of like, you know, that in I, I would say in American wrestling, there's a lot of like stomping to like emphasize the hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like a lot of things like that. There's not a lot of that. It's more of like there are actual like crazy hits going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was okay. So that's night one. There was like a couple tag matches. Uh, and yeah, the final one was Okada versus Takagi and the winner fights for the uh, heavyweight championship. Um, night two, uh, there was a women's show match. That was pretty cool to watch. Um, there was a six man tag team match where it's like two, three groups of two fighting. And then there was another group of three versus three match that followed that up. Uh, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of just like other random fights. But like this is happening at like three in the morning <laughs> for me. And I'm watching this with, with my friend who's in Texas. So it's like five in the morning for him. And we're just oh, like, God, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, Half of these fights are crazy. Um, so after that fight, there was a fight with no DQ, which in other words, there's no disqualifying like rules. So you can bring in weapons, you can bring in chairs, you can oh dear lord, do whatever you want. And uh yeah, let's just say it ended with a guy falling off of a like 25-foot ladder into a chair, or no, into a table, into a wood table with metal supports, and they like snapped it in half. It was it, it, that was a 22 minute fight and i was just like this it feels like an eternity like there's so much going on Two is a long fight yeah and and then that wasn't even the final match that was the one right before the finals match and then uh yeah they they did the real final match and that was 32 minutes and that's still insane so yeah there was a lot of crazy fights uh and yeah we we stayed up till well, I stayed up till like three or four watching it. Uh, it started at midnight, but it was it's crazy. You, if, if you've never seen JP wrestling, like for sure, check it out. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, it, it's better with somebody who knows wrestling. But yeah. at the same time, like a lot of these fights were just like ridiculous. Well, I didn't watch anything nearly as exciting as that. But speaking of, of Japan, Kevin. Um. <laughs> oh boy, it's just the weirdest stuff comes out of Japan. But uh, according to ABC Seven, pretty soon we'll be able to taste what's on TV because a Japanese professor at Meiji University has come up with a television that you can taste. So w- the way this works. Is it whatever's on the screen? Um, there, there's a, a film over the TV, and then th- these little spray bottles kind of spray something over the film, and then the film will slide out over the over the whatever's on the screen, and then you'll lick it, and then it tastes like the TV, and and just this video is just this Japanese woman licking the tv and it just gets really really close up to the the shot of her mouth and the tongue on the screen and just like already you know this is going to be misused you already know this is not going to end well for anybody yeah i just i don't need to taste my tv i i'm okay 
we're just admiring Food Network now. This is this is something that like I'm I'm okay with. If they went in the other direction and went for smell, I think that would have been the play, right? Like if you could smell mm. what's on the other side, like it, it it might not be like the most graceful if you're watching like Dirty Jobs or something <laughs> like that, or like Hoarders, like that would be terrible. But like if you were to watch like Food Network or like a like a documentary on like honeybees or something like that, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's that's cool. I want to smell that. It would be significantly less cringeworthy than taste than licking the damn TV. Yeah, like I I don't know who's gonna be like pause. Hold on a second. Let me taste that chocolate and then give him like half it, like give him 30 seconds, wait for the thing to print out and then lick the TV and be like, "Mm, that's not as good as I thought it was. And then put it away, you know? It's yeah. Yeah, just I feel like in some cases it could like it could work like like if it was for ratatouille, like if you actually were like, oh yeah doing this properly like you could have like a specially branded like ratatouille kit and then you'd set it up and then at certain points of the movie it would like tell you pause lick now and then you could taste all the delicious food that remy's making but outside of that i don't see how this is not going to be abused because just i don't trust the internet i don't trust people and it's it's going to be used to taste things that should not be tasted on your TV. Yeah, it's it's gonna be weird, and I don't I don't know if people are gonna invest in it or if it's just gonna be like a. It's just probably gonna be some weird novelty I mean, thing. Look what happened with three D TVs. Nothing came out of it. Yeah, so, so I feel like that's where we're going with this. Smellovision comes soon, <laughs> though. I hope. I hope Smellovision comes. I wouldn't mind Smellovision as much. Yeah, and I, I think that there's a lot more benefits to that uh like once again ratatouille if you could like smell everything in the kitchen that'd be good you at that point you're essentially tasting it it's it's not yeah 100 but you can you can pretty much get it you don't have to like lick the tv though that's that's the benefit it's just it's just there if if you had the option to buy one kevin would you uh, I will take that money and not put it in a tasting TV. <laughs> I, I I feel like it's it's so weird. Like, how do you how do you invite people over and be like, hey, come over and taste my TV? Like, like, <laughs> it's like, like yo, claiming that it's so that it's it's hygienic and it doesn't spread germs, but I I don't know how much I believe that because you're all licking the same damn TV. I mean. I it, I know it's on a film and they, they have like the full parchment paper deal, but that's still like that's still weird. That's not that's not something that like I'm not out here at the Super Bowl being like pause it during the Doritos commercial. I want to taste some Doritos, right? <laughs> just buy some like, I don't want Doritos. some Dorito. I don't want some Dorito spray on my TV, right? Like just <laughs> I'll, I'll go out and buy Doritos. You did a good job. Thank you. <laughs> Oh man. Um, well, something so a bit of older technology that I guess somehow made news. Um, Microsoft finally explained what caused the red ring of death. And if you've never owned uh, an Xbox 360 or were too young for the Xbox 360, which honestly I don't know if our our listener base is is that young. 
Um, but what happens sometimes is if your Xbox would overheat for whatever reason, um, the the circle that normally was green that lets you know that the thing is on and like it lights up in four different quadrants depending on how many controllers you have connected, it would turn red. And that means you've essentially just bricked your Xbox 360 system. Uh, it never happened to me, but I know a couple of friends who it happened to. And if that happened, you would send it to Microsoft. They would fix it and send it back to you, I believe, free of charge. Or if not, um, and like just maybe you have to pay for the minimal like shipping and, and whatnot. Um, but according to a documentary that's called Power on the Story of Xbox, uh, the reason why this would happen was because the connectors would break inside the Swiss, the system when the temperature went from hot to cold very quickly. So I guess the overheating, and if you try to turn off to cool it, whatever, that would break your system. Um, but according to um, to Microsoft in, in, this, uh, in this documentary, the cost of repairs for Microsoft, by the time that they had like taken a look at it and seen everything and, and tried to figure out and how to fix it, whatever, blah, 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 it cost them... Or Kevin, have you looked at the number yet? No. Guess how much it cost them. Okay. So the, the quote is, by the time we looked at the cost of repairs, the lost sales that we factored in, we had a blank number problem. We're, we're talking like money, right? Yeah, in, like, in, in terms of like they had to repair all these systems, ship them out, uh, lost sales, whatever, or I'm guessing geez. probably like labor to fix them too. I, I would say like what like five well no that's that's a little low. okay so like five hundred million maybe you're still a little low a little low it's still it's it's higher than that still a little Jeez. low okay uh seven fifty mil try one point one five billion dollars it, it cost them. them oh my god like that's a big l it's a huge l that's a lot of money that they lost because they couldn't keep their systems from overheating and, and rapidly cooling but at least we finally know did you ever like know anyone who anyone who bricked the system or, or brick your red ring of death your xbox or anything no, I, I wasn't really a. I didn't have a lot of friends who had Xboxes, mm-hmm. um, let alone like went over to play. I guess the only other time, like when I knew that somebody had an Xbox, was like. Now, I'm going to sound like a boomer for saying this, but <laughs> <laughs> you remember the thing that happened before TikTok called the Xbox Connect? Oh, God. <laughs> I have one of those still. But like. You would have all these like teenage girls come over to your house or not to my house. Like I wasn't that popular, but like they <laughs> they would like invite me to like parties and be like, oh, you're kind of this guy's friend. So I guess. But like that was where you did your old TikTok dances. All right. It was like just dance Xbox Connect dance in the Central, living though. room. No, Dance Central was yeah. the Xbox. one. that one was actually pretty fun. I liked it. Yeah. So everybody did that and i was like i'm here for rock band and (laughs) uh yeah i i had fun with that but like that's the only people who i knew who had xboxes most of my friends were 
Nintendo and Sony like faithfuls, uh, including myself. So for for the most part, I did not have to witness the the extreme stress that was the Red Ring of Death. But for the most part, uh, I'm I'm lucky that a, a ton of my friends did not have that problem. We we didn't have to worry about that too much. Yeah, luckily my thing never eat ever overheated to that point. Like I didn't I like I could only play on weekends um in high hmm. school growing up. So like it was fine. It was fine. Um so these next two stories are just like weird about things that are selling. Um Kevin, can you click the 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 Facebook link, the third one, and tell me what if it works for you? If not, I'm gonna have to send you a photo of it. Mm. Because it's just why would you oh, sell this? Okay. It it, it work? works. <laughs> it, it works. Um tell tell everybody. Tell everybody. Oh, okay. Uh it is a four thousand dollar life-size LeBron James silicone head modeled after him from Space Jam. Uh <laughs> okay. I'm a big fan of Space Jam, but I would not want LeBron like this like where do you put this in your house in your bedroom why would i put this in my bedroom wake up every day and be be like thanks lebron like no the only two places you can put it no there's three places in your house you could put this one is in your bedroom and then if someone comes over lebron stays out when we have sex (laughs) he's here he's here for the vod review <laughs> he's there for the, for moral support. He, yeah. He's there to I mean, he's probably going to change teams halfway through, but Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the second place is in the bathroom directly across from the toilet. <laughs> he's giving you the pep talk while you're <laughs> while you're trying to poo. And like he's always smiling, so no matter how bad it smells, like that smile is just internally plastered on his face. He can't he can't do anything about it. And then three is like he in the dining room watching you eat. He's judging you for for the like the seven burgers that you're eating or like the two breakfast sandwiches I had for lunch today, which like were not the healthiest thing for me to eat. And she's just watching you. Also, if your kid is afraid of monsters, you could put it in your room because obviously, like no monster is going to want us to to see that monstrosity of a (laughs) of a LeBron head. They walk in like, nope, not haunting this kid. Nope, 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 nope. The the only thing that would scare monsters more effectively would be an exact Space Jam silicone, life-size silicone head of Michael Jordan from oh, the original Space Jam. Because, <laughs> you know, he beat the monsters. Oh, so, yeah, oh, yeah you, you, you just put him in there. It just, there you go. Uh, $4,000, though. Yeah, I really don't need this. <laughs> I don't I don't like, know what else you would do with it. Who has it to sell and how many do they have to sell? And where do they put theirs? That is <laughs> that's another question. Is it, are, are we buying this used or new? I I, I hope I I don't I don't <laughs> even know. I don't I don't want to know. Uh, Cuz like there's some if you're buying it new, on one hand no one's ever used it before, but but on the other hand, like you're the one sap who actually bought this. If you're buying it, you is like, yeah, it's been used before. It's like it's not brand new. But also, you're not the only one who at one point wanted this. Yeah, I don't know it, which is worse. 
I I really don't know what to do with this. Like this this information should not be in my hands. I'm bad with money and buying things, but I'm not that bad. Like no. Honey, no. <laughs> um do you think LeBron is even a, a, a big enough fan of LeBron? To make this does he know this exists does he did they give him one for free for modeling for it or did someone just make it without his knowledge he probably made it without his knowledge in my opinion <laughs> i think that it's just like it's floating around there and nobody knows like why it exists but they they want it you know it <laughs> i, need I don't someone know someone who's rich and very bad with money to buy this and just tell us about it yeah, it, this is a this is a big streamer like force buy, you know, <laughs> like if if a big streamer is like, hey, I'm doing an Amazon stream, ten thousand dollars max, just send them a link to this and be like, all right, oh, you oh. buy this. There's this I love this the challenge. This it's this fake internet challenge that I've seen online. It's like, what three things would you buy? at a store to make the uh the cashier uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um but if you did like what three things would you buy online to make like your uh make your fbi agent make your fbi agent uncomfortable this would be one of them uh lebron james head baby Um, carrots and lube and lube yeah oh man i i really hope lebron james knows about this I really do. I I need him to know that it exists. You know who else is bad with money? Apparently, Kevin. Me. I mean, oh, who? <laughs> <laughs> well, aside from the both of us, Logan Paul wow. is bad with money. Uh, I hate the Paul brothers. I don't think that they're good people. I feel like they need to stop existing. Like, just vanish without a trace. Um, but until that happens, I love it whenever they're they've just got misery. So Logan Paul, this idiot, um, he recently bought a lot of Pokemon cards. Like he's got this Charizard on a necklace that he did with his fight with whoever I think it was Mayweather he wore to that fight. Um, but so guess how much he spent total on what he describes as a sealed and authenticated box of first edition Pokemon cards. Guess how much he spent, Kevin? Uh, he's rolling in YT money, though, right? Or not? It is he still on YouTube? I don't even know. He's rolling uh, in idiots like him and give him money, money. Okay. So knowing knowing his fight card and stuff like that, he he's pretty. I would say like two mil. Like he'd probably drop some crazy amount. You like gotta that. go higher. This, is, this three? is the Paul brothers we're talking about, Kevin. Is it three? 3.5 million dollars okay. on Pokemon cards. Um ugh. but I mean I, I these are supposed to be like according to the Kotaku article, these are like supposed to be sealed unauthenticated. And theoretically, if they are pristine, like just mint condition cards they're still worth more than $3.5 million that he paid for it. The problem is, is that some people who actually like do collect these Pokemon cards and like 
know more about the industry, there's a website called um, Poke Beach. Um, there's a YouTuber named Rattle who also looked into this. But according to them, there's a lot sketchy about this particular box that he ordered. Like originally they were on sale for um, in Canadian dollars, 91,300, which in US dollars is $71,900. Um, and if it's real, just like, which is like 71,000 sounds like a lot, right, Kevin? I mean, any anything with more than four digits <laughs> is, is a lot to me. Yeah, same. But like just one of the six boxes in this case alone that was being sold would be valuing, like if it's real, $430,000, right? But there's, that's being, they're being sold for about less than a quarter of that. Mm-hmm. So they, that's initially sketchy. Um, this seller was not verified. They wouldn't let you like go and look at them in person and, and buy them in person. So based on those things and like looking at the boxes, like the, the packaging is not something that's familiar to anybody. Barcodes look weird. There's a good chance he dropped three and a half million dollars on fake Pokemon cards. Oof. I, I mean, I have no other way of saying it. That's just, that's it. I am just, I, it's very hard for the rest of us to get Pokemon cards and we love Pokemon cards. Like it just, it, it make it just feels so much better knowing that like I buy them for normal, like retail price. And the most I pay, I overpaid was like a hundred dollars for a box, which I, the stupid idiot overcharged me and I was too stupid to, to actually buy them, but I didn't pay 300 I mean, $3.5 million for fake cards. The cards I bought were real, and it was only $100. I can afford to lose that. And he can afford to lose $3.5 million, but it just, it hurts a little bit less when it's only 100 So, just don't buy fake Pokemon cards, people. Unless you're Logan Paul, keep throwing away your money. <laughs> you can you can throw that money at me. I will gladly, I, I will not complain. I will just... Shovel as much of that into my pockets and run. Kevin can pretend to be the Pokemon for you. He'll just like make the sounds. Yeah, just be like, I choose you X, Y, or Z. Throw me a wad of cash, and I will, I will, uh, I'll cosplay that. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> to keep going on the theme of embarrassing sales, Kevin. Um, remember how I told you that. Ubisoft was like really, really doubling down into their NFT market. Uh, yeah. Remember how I told you that they for Ghost Recon, uh, they were trying to like really set up this NFT marketplace where you could buy cosmetics and stuff. Yeah. Guess how many they've sold so far? Uh, two. Not that bad. They, they're doing a little okay. bit better than that. They're doing a little bit better than that. It's still like. 10 close close they sold 15 so far 15 okay they sold 15 so a little bit better than two and a little bit better than 10 not nearly as many as they would like you to to believe um but according to euro gamer that totals to only one thousand seven hundred fifty five dollars and thirty cents that's nothing yeah that is literally nothing 
uh, I mean, why can't why can't people just yeet the Valve model? Like, <laughs> I'm okay with like if if they're saying you know NFTs are they are digital like artworks or whatever, right? Yeah, like in cosmetics, just make cosmetics for your game and and just allow us to either buy, sell, or trade them through like a marketplace that's what that's what they do for everything else on on steam it makes sense i mean this is kind of the same thing except it just has the the label nft stuck on it it, it, just just take off the label just make good (laughs) cosmetics okay i will i will throw money at good cosmetics in game if i play the game right like just you, you don't have to pressure me into into buying it if it looks good i will uh just take note like i don't I don't even care what game it is. Like if you if you do good cosmetics and people play your game, they will buy it. That that's how that's how you make your money. And then obviously you do like the whole scarcity thing of like, oh, well, you just make certain certain things more rare and and whatnot. Right. Like the, at least I could wear it and show it off in game. That is one thing that like I enjoy about the Valve model, either on TF2, Dota 2. Uh, or any other game that goes through the Steam marketplace, but like mm-hmm. these other ones, like you, you have to just say like, "Oh, I have a file on a flash drive. That's pretty cool." <laughs> like I carry it around on my neck, and then like you lose it with your keys one day, and then you're like, "Well, I just lost my two hundred two thousand dollar NFT that I used to wear around my neck." <laughs> Imagine you just rock up to a party one day. And some idiot comes up to you, he's like, hey guys, wanna see my NFT collection? He just pulls out a fucking flash drive. Exactly. Like that's that's gonna be it. Like, don't guess how many <laughs> NFTs I have in here. <laughs> he's got like f- four. <laughs> They're all the same monkey. Come on, bro. Oh my god. <laughs> Diversify your portfolio. <laughs> I got this my is- anime girl <laughs> NFTs instead. Oh my you god. Know? Is the, you the fact that you just spoke that into the universe means that if it doesn't already exist, it's going to. Oh well, I'll be the first one to invest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but so Ubisoft's not the only company. Um, there, there's two more that I that we know of that are at least doubling down into this. So, um, the company Boss Protocol, who was working with um, Dead by Daylight, they released NFTs of the um the hellraiser character pinhead he's the uh the horror character with the box the puzzle box he's got pins coming out of his head hence the name pinhead um but they released the skin of pinhead into um dead by daylight and i guess there's different variations that you can buy but the um the unique generated collection is strictly limited to 10,000 nfts across different rarity models like you said that and and we know that this happens with um, cosmetics and stuff. They're all there's different rarity mo- levels, um, but some of them, it, some of them come with a copy of the Hellraiser DLC for Dead by Daylight. Some of them don't. No one's really sure about what happens there. Um, if you buy one of these NFTs, like you'll get access to like future games in the pipeline that don't have to do with Dead by Daylight. Um, but the thing is, some people weren't even aware that this was an NFT. They thought they were just buying a skin. 
Um, and people are like, oh, I love this skin, but like if I'd known it was an NFT, I would not have bought it. Um, so there's that. People are not people are not happy with being duped into buying <laughs> an NFT for this game, even though they do love the game. And I know a lot of people really love Dead by Daylight. Um, so the the guy Justin Khan, who uh as you may know, Kevin helped found Twitch TV back when it was called, was it Justin TV? Justin TV, right? yeah. Yeah, Justin TV. So he's no longer part of Twitch, correct? Or is he part of Twitch still? He's no longer a part of it. Okay, so he's no longer part of Twitch. He has his website called Fractal, though. Um, and somehow his Discord for Fractal got hacked by someone. And like they, they used the link Fract AI instead of fractal looks very similar um and they they dropped a link that was advertising the sale of 300 or 3333 nfts um and because it looked like it was coming actually from fractal a lot of people bought into this and out of the 300 or 3333 nfts that were being sold 3294 were actually quote-unquote bought before they realized oh no this is a scam and a hundred and fifty thousand dollars were stolen from these people (laughs) um it's uh, it's ridiculous and like they pretty almost sold out of these fake nfts um and the fractal team they acknowledged okay we were breached uh they said that they're gonna make it right they're going to um refund all the people who were scammed but then in their letter this this is kind of ridiculous it says the hacker made out with approximately 800 soul which is approximately one hundred fifty thousand dollars, by managing to post a fake mint link in our hashtag announcements channel with over a hundred thousand members in our community it's quite impressive that the hacker only managed to dupe 0.3 percent of our community weird flex bro Weird, weird flex, but okay, I guess. <laughs> flex, but um, okay. That's a lot of people buying the fake NFTs. It's a ton of y- people. Yeah, it's an alarmingly high number. Um, I'm I'm a fan of not purchasing those. Uh, <laughs> I I do think that uh, your money can be spent elsewhere, like funding our podcast, funding our podcast, throwing money at me to extend my forever long help Kevin buy more streaming rigs I'm probably going to end up buying more games with it but more games equals more content so that's true that's Kevin make more content yeah I'll make more content um and so the last nft company that I have found so far at least for this week was Square Enix is just they're doubling down on this nft thing um they want to invest in what the uh their president yosuke matsuda is quote-unquote saying decentralized gaming in addition to nfts is is a part of the gaming structure they also want to branch into artificial intelligence gaming which i i don't know if i like the sound of that i don't i don't trust the ais um I don't I don't get it. He's calling this like he's saying 2021 was just NFTs year one. He's expecting NFTs to become more commonplace in public. So Square Enix is very much 
in this for the long run. Um, they released a an open letter to the internet, and it, it really doesn't make sense because I'm gonna read the first little bit of this, a, a bit of a chunk of this, because it's just showing I how out of touch I feel that a lot of these gaming executives are and these tech bros who want to just get into the latest thing, no matter how ridiculous it is. So part of it, an excerpt from this open letter to the internet from Square Enix, I realized that some people who, quote, play to have fun and who currently form the majority of players who have voiced the reservations towards these new trends, and understandably so. However, I believe that there will be a certain number of people whose motivation is to, quote, play to contribute, by which I mean to help make the game more exciting. Traditional gaming has offered no explicit incentive to this latter group of people who are motivated strictly by such inconsistent personal feelings as goodwill and volunteer spirit. This fact is not unrelated to the limitations of UGC user-generated content. Blah, 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 buzzwords, the rest of, of everything. Um... I think the majority of people in the world who play video games play to have fun and kind of like gearing your entire operation to the quote unquote people who play to contribute, which I don't, I don't know if he's talking, I don't think he's talking about streamers. I think he's talking about content, like people who make cosmetics in the game and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that's not a smart way to run your company when, in general, video games are an escape for people, and most people aren't creators. Yeah, it, the thing that like throws me off in this whole thing is like, if you're not gonna be making games for fun, no one's gonna buy your game. <laughs> uh, I have you no other way to the say artful it. escape for the pure misery of it. No, I I play I play Santa Claus Rockstar because it's on sale, okay? Like <laughs> it's it's things like that. Like you, you get a game because it's it's fun to play, not necessarily because it's like not not because it happens to make you money, you know? Like the the only reason why like I play games for the experience and the fun of it. And then like I happen to tr- like I'm saying try because I am trying to make content out of it. It it is a lot. It's a lot harder than people people put into it. But it is always like at the end of the day, it's all about having fun, right? And if you're if you're saying to me as a consumer of your game to contribute to the community or com- contribute to like your your company, I mean, I already am. I'm buying your game, okay? So just, just just make good games and then I will give you money to play the game. Does that <laughs> is Square Enix just losing it? Like but, Honestly, but also I, I think the, someone someone on there is just continually high on cocaine or something. Like it just just make good games. I will purchase it and I will contribute to your company via money. I that's typically how it goes, and also like we're not the only ones clown. Like the entirety of like pretty much Japan, Twitter, 
saw this and they decided to weigh in and clown on um, some of the uh, some of the highlights that I have seen that were pulled from Kotaku. This is an announcement that Square Enix is finished. Um, I have no idea what any of this means. Simply put, they have no plans to make interesting games. This company has no future. It seems this is for shareholders. It seems people in America really hate NFTs. Um, it's Square Enix after all, so they'll mess this up. <laughs> they're Ooh. becoming an investment company. It feels like they're wasting money again. Um, and there's a couple that are like, okay, this is this is interesting. We'll see where this goes. Um, but <laughs> for the for the most part, it's just people clowning on them. Um, like. One of the things I did see, though, and I think it, I believe this was in a comment section somewhere, um, someone did point out that as much as we clown on NFTs right now, um, and I wasn't really aware of this when it actually happened back in the day, but when like they first started doing like cosmetics in games or like skins or like DLC, it was received much the same way, and like people were like. This is stupid. This is ridiculous. Like, need we mention the horse armor in, I think it was, was it Oblivion or Skyrim? I don't remember which one. Um, but horse armor in, in one of the Elder Scrolls games was one of the very early DLCs. Um, in, in, in spite of the being kind of taken as a joke initially, it's here to stay. It's a, it's a central part of the gaming experience for better or for worse. Like there's the criticisms that it encourages developers to put out an unfinished game. Um, but that's besides the point. Um, but when you think about it, NFTs are just kind of stupid or shittier DLC, you know? So like, yeah. What do you, do you, given that, given that like, it's kind of following the same trajectory as DLC and like just cosmetic purchasable content, which mm-hmm. as we know, like people are willing to pay a, a stupid amount of, of money for these things. Do you think that we are wrong and that this is actually like going to have a future? Is, is there any conceivable possibility, Kevin, that this is actually going to take off? So the way how I see it is, the difference between DLC and an NFT is what it provides, right? Aside from the letters, of course. <laughs> yeah, like obviously the letters, but like also the experience of having one, right? So like DLC usually gives you more content. Like some DLC, like arguably, is like kind of kind of BM where they they give you things that should have been included in the first part of the game and they to say like i mean the i'm not not going to shit on ubisoft again but like the more recent rock stars like you you get or rock bands you you get the game and it costs like 50 bucks and then you have like 40 songs on there and then you have like 120 songs that you could pick from like online and that's the dlc part where you can't even play a full game just because 
the songs that you have on the game are just like absolute garbage compared to the full one, you know? So right, right. What I'm saying is like if we are going to branch from like NFTs need to be functional, right? In order for it to be considered of worth to to people, right? Like, mm-hmm. believe it or not, like we buy DLC and we buy cosmetics because we see them as valuable to us in game and they have a right. function, which is like to flex like this look. Um, like speaking of the Batman games, I bought all the DLC for Arkham City because I loved it mm-hmm. so much and I wanted I like I wanted to have everything for it. Yeah, you you add more to the game that you already have. And it's it's a good game to start, obviously. And then you just add more so that you can play more of the features that they're they're adding to it. Um that that's only fair, right? Like they're they're giving you more stuff, yeah. therefore, you know, it's behind a paywall. It, it just makes sense. But like it is functional. That is the thing that's like the hardest for me to understand, right? Like it's if you're gonna get an NFT, like you can't flex that. You can't like unless somebody creates I oh god, I'm gonna fucking will it into the universe now, I swear. <laughs> okay, so you know Logan Paul's stupid Charizard chain. So like if you had huh. that, but for your NFT, like would you wear that? Like how many I mean how some many NFTs were are wearable? Like like we talked about last time, like the um the Steph, the Steph Curry, Curry ones. ones and like but with, like with uh Ubisoft, like or is it Ubisoft? I don't know. What the stu- I don't I don't even care anymore of the names of these stupid companies. But like the the marketplace for Ghost Recon, like those are technically functional. They're just like limited in rarity and, and capacity and like individually serial numbered. Yeah, but like on top of that, like you could only see it. Like I the Stephen Curry one in particular is like you have to have AR or you have to have something you have else. To be part- that, like- you have to be participating in the metaverse yes so you have to be like already a part of the world there but like at the same time like you can't bring it irl that's the one thing like you can't wear these shoes in real life if you want yeah like i (laughs) i would really hate for it to happen but i'm just saying i mean if i want to make money off these tech bros i'm just going to start making an nft chain Right, like I'll have a giant flavor flav clock sized NFT and I'll just wear it around my neck and be like, yo, look at this, look at this Batman monkey NFT I have, right? And just walk around with it. I don't know, man. That's what it's gonna be. Like, it's so dumb. It's it's so dumb. Like we're gonna look back on the days where we had like the necklace locket where we had like family heirlooms of photos no. oh no. and then we're stop, gonna be like stop there you're gonna will this into the universe kevin our our generation is gonna be like on our deathbed we're gonna pass on this oh, no. chain with an nft on it oh, be no. like it's your blockchain now sonny and be like no no we're not gonna throw that i'm gonna throw that into the atlantic ocean all right that's that's what's gonna happen okay just you know up the files just monkeys yeah it's just like this is what we drawn monkeys this is what grandma spent her money on in her last like 500 years of life or whatever it's just like no like this is not 
stop <laughs> just get some help <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding though i think I, I have to hire somebody to make an nft chain now i know someone who I, th- this comic writer and art or she's a, a writer and a filmmaker i'm not here um then she created like a, a fairly good series it was like it's called um a la brava it's about like latina superheroes and she's expanding into like princesses and whatever but like as much as i respect her for that she like also jumped in on the nft train and she like made her comp like some of her comics nfts now and it's like why you didn't need to do that no one is honestly i can't say no one because people are buying the nfts like they're buying monkeys for god's sakes but like i don't think anyone's really gonna like invest in these nfts because they're they don't really have value uh, but then again they bought the monkeys so literally every criticism i could have of like her doing it just goes back to some idiot who bought the monkeys yeah and <laughs> it, it's just so <sighs> unfortunate like i i i understand i just want you know why can't we just sell commissioned art is that can we, is that just too bad now like it's too mainstream kevin it's too mainstream like i can't go on etsy and just like commission somebody to make a really cool picture and then just be like okay this my nft now (laughs) right like that's that's, boomer talk kevin that's exactly (laughs) come on like god there there are like there's so many artists who i would support yeah but like i do not think that i could if I just don't see the functionality of NFTs. Maybe I'm just a small brain. But well, as someone, Kevin, who proudly owns two NFTs from DC that I did not pay for, want to stress <laughs> that I did not pay for them. There's no functionality. I have not looked at them since I got them. I have not looked at these things since I had them. I don't even know if I remember my password to find them. Um, but but to go like to go hop back to the uh to the NFTs for um Hellraiser. Like like I said earlier, there's only ten thousand of those available um if they like i've i've read things throughout the couple weeks we've been talking about these but some gaming companies are looking into like nfting like the full games and if we're talking looking at that from like that limited run route is it, it i think it's a conceivable possibility that some gaming studios in order to like drive hype for their games will limit like the release numbers to x number of of copies of this game right that you can digitally buy and like you now own this entire game as an nft um which i think would be terrible for the gaming market but also like would that even work like you can you can obviously copy paste and save just the digital like images pdfs of the nfts but like considering how like there's the emulators online for for games or like you can kind of pirate a game digitally like is <laughs> as much as i can see the gaming market going there is is that like something we have to be worried about when when you uh, just like pirate the damn game as much as okay. i don't want i discourage pirating but like i also discourage pirating but here's your eye patch um the best way how i can uh the best way how i can describe this is if you're going to try to limit an online game 
people will find a way to copy and paste it. I mean, here, here yeah. just take just take this meme real quick. Um, <laughs> just that people are going to be able to make copies of your game. We have emulators. We have you know like a bunch of ways of doing it already. Uh, but I'm not encouraging taking it. But like the the other way of thinking it is like the same thing with physical copies, right? Of of games, right? There is a limited number of the physical game in real life, right? Yeah. But but like buying it more is the thing. Yeah, you could always print more. But the thing is, like, I mean, if you want to go like limited run, where they start with the game online and then if you want a physical copy of it you have to you can buy a physical copy of it that's Mm -hmm. fine by me i like i like that model actually it's pretty it's pretty nice but Mm -hmm. the the thing that i'm trying to stress is like let's say if you try to limit the number of online copies people are going to find a way to copy it and and sell it and then eventually like let's just say if somebody like forgets that they have an nft and their pc dies or something like that how are you going to recover that like how do you recover that um it's not going to be easy and with pcs like sometimes you can't even recover your old data so when it comes to like preserving copies of these games it's going to be equally as hard as like trying to find a physical Mm. copy of the game so yeah i do think that the best way of like dealing with all of this is to just like don't limit the online ones like just sell physical ones in limited quantity like that way that way Mm -hmm. you're making money off of those but like it's still accessible to everybody you're gonna get more money by making sure that your game is available and able to be played and then you can make more money off of a collector's edition or something like that okay so playing devil's advocate here, because like I agree with you and everything. Um, obviously, I hate NFTs. Um, but to play devil's advocate here, like with the limited run thing, like that's this, essentially the same thing you're doing just in a digital version. So where does that where does the line exist, and, and where does where is the real difference here? Like obviously, I like limited runs of games. Obviously, exist. Like there's special editions. There's just limited print runs of, of certain games um i know scott pilgrim when they it re, it was re-released recently there was a limited run on the physical game um so where does the difference really lie in having a digital limited run versus a physical limited run the the digital one can be wiped out with an accidental press of a key yeah. uh <laughs> that that is the best way of describing it. Your mom <laughs> walks in on on your room and you accidentally have a bad game open. Try to hit the try to hit the delete key. Boom, your NFT <laughs> gone. Like it's it's things like that is really mm. stupid, but it's it's true. It's like I would much rather like have a physical copy of the game and hide it under my bed than <laughs> ashamed than to, of your NFTs, Kevin. Yeah, I'm always ashamed. But why why would I not be? <laughs> like, um but for the for the most part it's just like i i feel like the difference is one is a physical thing that cannot be erased like even accidentally like you you can throw away a game but like you could also sell it it could also still make money like later i do feel mm-hmm. like the difference is like i understand the digital aspect of it 
where people are going to be like, oh, it's tradable. It's like all that stuff. But like at the same time, it's just like. I, I like physical things and I think like having it in person is probably even more valuable than like yeah. being able to copy and paste it. It's owning a tangible good. Yeah. It's like, it's just an, ex- I guess it's just an extension of that digital versus physical media thing. Like I just bought a few CDs and I, I own this, the digital versions of this music, but I also want the physical because like, oh no, I accidentally dropped it all in the trash can by accident because I wasn't paying attention. I meant to delete something else and I deleted this song by accident. Oh no, I can't get it back. Oh wait, look, I have the CD. I can't drag and drop it to the trash can unless I'm actually physically walking it to the trash can, which I wouldn't do because I like this music. Um, Do we have any other thoughts on NFTs that we haven't shared already for this week? Or are we good until next week? Just, I think we're. I think we're good. <laughs> uh, well, well, well it inevitably, this is like the big topic, I guess, for us now that we just keep finding. I at least I just keep finding on my internet feeds every week. It used to just be the Blizzard drama, but that's quieted down, and I guess for now we're going into NFTs every week. So brace yourselves, people. Twenty twenty two is the year of the NFT. Um, so moving on, um. I guess Blizzard's not the only company that's in hot water for being mean to their employees. Riot has now been ordered to pay $100 million uh, to its women employees after a gender discrimination lawsuit that happened here in California. Um, $80 million will go to uh, current and former employees. I, th- I believe uh, they had to have worked there between... Um, I think 2014 and, and currently to be able to uh, receive some of these funds um, and 20 million is going into attorney's fees and other expenses. Um, initially, this was a lawsuit that was launched by two former employees who said that due to um, sexual harassment and gender discrimination um, that they were filing the suit. Initially, Riot was only going to pay, I think, $10 million but the Department of Fair Employment and Housing stepped in and said that that figure should be significantly higher, around $400 million. Um, and, and now this, this has been settled, I guess, uh, in order to keep it from going further in court. They're settling for $100 million. Um, if, of course, this is up to court approval, and if it's approved, then it's going to be done. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like maybe I don't want to equate it to the Weinstein case, but I'm equating it to the Weinstein case where um, Blizzard was such a titan in the industry that once now that like Blizzard is is falling, we're seeing a lot. At least we're it's more visible that these lawsuits are happening and taking place and that um, money is being paid out and that these companies are being held accountable um it's unfortunate that it has to be happening but it is good that it is finally happening i guess yeah like this this goes back to like a long time ago too because like riot i i feel like riot has definitely like turned a corner where they have stated like 
yeah, we 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 done goofed, and mm-hmm. we are making we're trying to make it right by not only compensating for what we did wrong, but also like changing the culture. Like they had a whole like thing of saying like we we have to change the way how Riot operates, and they made that they made that change. Um, so right now, like even though this is this is still a thing. Um, like, I I don't know how else to describe it. It's it's just the correct thing to do, and Riot is doing it, and Blizzard just needs to take note. Speaking of Blizzard taking note, um, so Apex Legends came out a full three years after Overwatch came out. So it, it's I believe it that makes it in its second year now. If I'm doing my you know it's 2022, third year now if i'm doing my math correctly um in spite of that just difference in time of three whole years um apex has now caught up to overwatch in terms of character releases um so now we have an equal number of characters and while overwatch is pretty much not done anything it doesn't look like apex is going to be slowing down so that's just another milestone in just how slow and everything is going regarding Overwatch 2 and how we're really not getting anything from Blizzard. It, it's getting to the point where it's like, do I even care about Overwatch 2 anymore? Because as much as I love the game and I love playing with my friends and like we still play like twice a week generally, um, it's getting harder to care about Overwatch 2. It's getting harder in spite of what the streamers and content creators are saying, it's harder to be hopeful about anything good coming from the Blizzard team right now when it's been two whole years and nothing's come out. Like, we've really gotten nothing. The The winter event ended today, but that's just skins. It's like, we need more Blizzard. We know things are, we know you have at least one level that's ready for us to play. Let us play it. Yeah, we we clearly know that Blizzard has something available for us. Uh but the fact that they haven't done anything about it or even like given us a a trial period of Overwatch 2. I mean, you literally had it at BlizzCon 10 billion years ago. So just give us that demo. Like even if it's one PvE mission, right? we would still play it and be like, there is something available for the Overwatch community, at least. Like, just give us the thing that you released, like, two or three years ago. That would give us at least some form of hope to to see what's going on, you know? Yeah, I, I was talking with my friend um, Kitty earlier. We were playing, and it's just like... <sighs> At this point, we don't we don't actually have very much confidence that the game's actually ever going to release. Like they're gonna keep talking about it, and it's just gonna be like, oh, five years ago we announced Overwatch 2. Guess what? We have another development update. It's gonna be another six months before we get it out there. And it's just like, okay, we don't care anymore. Um, It'll be like um 
we we finally have news of Overwatch two. But uh, first, first, a real question: Do y'all have phones? Oh God! <laughs> no. Or do you have lickable TVs? You have lickable TVs. We're doing Overwatch taste test now. So, oh God, that's what we're doing. Who wants you to can lick? Taste the diva. You can you can smell Roadhog when he hooks you. you can like taste, you can taste Pachamari. It's just like, come on, bro. Like that's not the right answer. Uh, well, Kevin, tell us about Valorant. Yeah, time to switch it up to another competitor of Overwatch. Yay. Um, speaking of new characters from both Apex catching up in terms of roster, uh, Valorant is slowly doing that too. They released a new character. Well, released as in like they give us the full trailer of this character now, which is really cool. Um, yeah, we have a character called Neon. She is a Filipino duelist. Um, Hooray, who... my countryman. Yeah. Uh, Not my countryman. They're... I'm, I'm American. But my ethnic... Ethnic background, yay. yay. Filipino my, representation. My corner, my quarter Filipino-ness is coming through in Valorant. Um, Neon has like shocky, like has like lightning shoes, which is her ability to allow her to run faster. Um, there were a lot of jokes. I mean, the, the funniest thing is like, I have a friend in my server who is like obsessed with Lightning McQueen and played Jet, which is the fastest character at the moment. And she's Filipino. And so I was like, is she going to start meaning Neon because she is Filipino or because she likes Lightning McQueen and this character gives off major Lightning McQueen vibes? Um, and everybody's like both. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this character is pretty cool. Um, we, we saw the announcement trailer. Uh, she has a couple of abilities. She has a run and slide um, technique, which is kind of like from Apex. So if you wanted to, you know, slide around, you can do that. She's got concussion grenades and then a tunnel ability. And then her ultimate is a, uh, it's like Emperor Palpatine lightning from her fingers. That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how that's going to work, but we'll, we'll see how it, you know how it's how gonna it interacts in game. Somehow Palpatine returned. Yeah, we, we, we knew that uh, we, we knew this was the full circle thing from uh, whatever the new, the new Star Wars. This is episode it's nine. Like poetry and rhymes. Yeah, it's all all together now. God, so George Lucas. Yeah, it, it it didn't need to happen. Um, but yeah, um, I I just have to say, you know, it's really cool that Neon is being introduced. We're having a new character. Uh, we we just have to look forward to how other people respond. Whether it's Overwatch in eight years, uh, if it's Apex, you know, I mean, they they keep adding rostered characters. It's all good for them. But like. Valorant, on the other hand, is looking to really like solidify themselves as the newest FPS game and like the the one that people are trying to latch onto and become like the next best game, um, the next best like the next big FPS shooter. So, whatever Overwatch Two has planned, it's got to be like huge. Like, <laughs> uh, whether it's next two, three, five, fifty years, you know, we we won't know. Um, <laughs> But hopefully now, when we get does something. Pokemon Unite catch up in number of roster to Overwatch? Oh, oh okay. Wait, wait, wait. How many how many characters do we have in Overwatch? Well, 32, 33 right now? I Echo was the last one. We have more. Okay. I feel like we have more Pokemon now. Uh, we have 29 characters in Pokemon Unite. 
So we're all you're almost there. We're, we're almost there. A couple months. Uh, we're, what we'll we were at 30, 36? Oh, we're thirty. Oh, it's thirty six. Okay. No, for for Overwatch, right? I feel like it's. I I thought it was thirty three. It's probably thirty. I don't want to look it up. I, I, don't, I don't know, but like, yeah, Pokemon Unite is slowly catching up. We we got Serena and Dragonite recently, and we're everybody's sniffing out a new character. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting to see like where all these where like roster additions come in but um and if we're going back to overwatch this is just another side topic um after <laughs> after the the japanese wrestling ordeal that we had or i wouldn't say ordeal like the entertainment <laughs> for the night uh we decided to go on twitch just to like look at games um and we were watching food and drinks we were just looking at like people make food and there was like a guy you know being four in the morning here uh he's making donuts from a shop that was really cool but we came across like this one person playing overwatch in the food and drink section and uh they were it was just like silver gameplay they're trying their best and like just me and the other guy who was in the call um is one of the players i coached and then when he grad like graduated technically technically um he took a hiatus from playing the game he ended up becoming a coach um alongside me and we were just watching this and we're like this makes me want to play the game again like just watching (laughs) watching this like gameplay i'm like i think i can do better (laughs) and so like we were honestly debating on hopping back in and we're like okay we'll give it we'll give it a couple days maybe we'll cool off from this but it's still irking me (laughs) (laughs) gotta hop back in dude gotta gotta go for it yeah, we we gotta we gotta try again. Um, you know, maybe when we get a new character. <laughs> oh, I'm just so, so never. <laughs> um, fifty years from now. Fifty years from now. Yeah. Well, I'll, when when I'm uh, old and gray, I'll I'll come back and be the next Lucio dad, I guess. Um, but yeah, that that's uh, that's the new stuff with Valorant. I guess another cool thing that we could talk about. You know, um, it is the new year and. Uh, New Year's usually is a good time for everybody to reset and restart. Um, not so much for Justin Wong. <laughs> Justin Wong, if you guys have ever seen Evo Moment 37, um, it is the epitome. I would say it's like one of the best esports clips of all time. I think it's the best. If it, it's, if it's, it's not the, the most best. well known. Yeah. Um, Evo Moment 37, for those of you guys who don't know it, it is a um it is a clip from the evo fighting championship tournament um between daigo and justin wong um these specific like it was a full parry of a super move with only one hp so it had to be a flawless like i think it's like two to three frame parry for like 16 hits and then followed by like this crazy like immediate land combo right um Justin Wong was on the receiving end of that combo and Daigo um, is the guy who will forever have that moment solidified for him. Um, But yeah, Justin Wong decided to stream some third strike at the beginning of the year uh, and he was put in the similar position. He was fighting against another Ken player and he's like, the the famous last words that he says was, you're not Daigo. And he, he he starts going for the play and he gets full comboed again and he's like this is this is not 
is not a good way to start 2022 for me. <laughs> and uh, he posted it on his Twitter and it's only been out for like two days and it's got like a million views already. But it's like, it's super funny. It's just like he's reliving this whole like thing that kind of made Daigo famous along with him um, as like one of the continuous like fighting like geniuses in the game. So it's just really funny. He's he's fine with laughing at his own joke, but I thought it was a uh, I thought it was really crazy just to watch that again. Reliving the trauma. <laughs> it's it like um, it's not glory day. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where like you see it again, and like if it happens to you like ten years later, you're just like, I, I remember this. Like this is not not again, but. Yeah, I do think that it, it's just funny to laugh at. He he laughed at it himself. He's like, I I did not expect this to happen, but it is one of those things that like people can train for now. Um, we know that it is one of the hardest things. It's like in a challenge mode in the new third strike for for um Street Fighter. They have like you have to do the full Daigo combo and they have it available. So if, if you guys want to try it out, it, it is there. But yeah, it, it's just a really interesting thing to kick off 2022. And hopefully uh, you won't get full parried on whatever you decide to do in life. Well, I mean, that's it for the news. Uh, I did have a fun story that I can share that has nothing to do with any of this. Um, so like, I, I don't really personally like believe in like fate or like the universe, like, you know how like some people think like the universe directs you or like makes things happen, Kevin. Mm-hmm. So I don't believe in any of that. I think if anything, it's just like a lot of random coincidence. Um, but there's some like moments that kind of like, if I did believe in it, this would be one of those moments. Um, so I mentioned earlier that like I bought like some music recently. Um, there's this one band that I really, I, was back when I was working um, for Daily Bruin Video, uh, there was a website that I would use to find like duty-free music. And then one of the bands that was like, they were featuring this one band at one point and I started listening to them. Uh, They're called I Am Not Left-Handed. They're like an Irish indie um, band from, I think they're they're up by you, Kevin, in NorCal. Um, I believe they're, at one point at least, they were based in Berkeley. I don't know if they moved back to Ireland. Um, but I think they're still in Berkeley. I don't, they haven't put out music recently, but I think they're working on some, but like, I just like, I randomly remembered a video that I did. Like I, I asked them permission to use one of their songs that I really like. It's called boats swept away. Um, I asked them to use this song on one of the videos that I was making and they said, yes. So I just randomly thought of that video and their music and I, it's been a while and I like I, I've meant to buy their music for a while now I just never got around to it so like was it six years after I discovered them I finally like went and I I ordered all of their CDs and like I own now I also own their like their music digitally um I I, I guess I'm like subscribed to their their band camp now or their patreon or whatever I'm like paying them ten dollars a month just to like have access to that um but so I did that, I think it was three days ago. Then yesterday, my friend who I did the video about found the video online randomly and he posted it and he tagged me and it's like, wait, this is really weird that we both thought of this video and like 
it, it, it resurfaced for both of us around the same time. We both have COVID right now. It's really weird. Uh, I just thought I would share that. It just this really weird coincidence that happened, like just at the same time. It's it's really weird because like I have not spoken to this friend for the six for six years because he graduated a year before me. Um, for so for five or six years, I haven't spoken to him really in person or at all. Like aside from like maybe one or two comments on Facebook, and then just like when I'm thinking about the music in this video is when he finds the video, and it's just very very weird. I don't believe in like the universe stuff, but this is the kind of stuff that makes me think maybe I should, but then I don't. So that's my weird story of the week. It's COVID telepathy. Oh God. You, you didn't, you didn't know that that was a thing. So there the really is the 5G. Yeah. They, it is a 5G network. <laughs> I'm, just uh, I'm just kidding. I hope everybody understands that that is a joke. Do not get COVID <laughs> to get 5G. It doesn't work like that. It, it just makes you super immune until there's another variant. Then you have to get another vaccine. Then you have to go and get 6G. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't. Don't get 6G. 5G is good enough right now. <laughs> oh, okay, Kevin, any any words of wisdom besides the uh besides that that the last those those words of wisdom to get 6G. Any other words of wisdom before we close out for the week? Um yeah, just uh, I'm going to let everybody know I have been uh working on my stream stuff a lot more. I'm trying to put out videos probably like near the end of the week uh twitch has this very weird policy for affiliates where we cannot post anything from the stream 24 hours within the broadcast so yeah i just have to save up and make sure that i can i can post my stuff evenly um other than that just uh keep playing the game um if you ever get the choice to buy 10 or 20 mcnuggets buy 20 and uh, yeah, that, that, that's it. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. Welcome to 2022 with us. Please stick around and we will continue to provide the same banter that we always do. Until next week, adios. Next week, we bring you the latest in gaming and pop culture news. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.